You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross Vogel, your host and team performance pro. Today, I have Jack Ori with me. He's a transgender author who writes stories to empower other trauma survivors and coaches those that want to write their own books. He is passionate about helping people turn story ideas into finished books and believes everyone has a story the world needs to hear. And as I always say, the world is waiting for your impact. So welcome, Jack. Thanks for having me, Kirsten. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation and learning more about your work. So tell me about your work and the impact that you're making in the world. Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned in the intro, I'm a writer. I currently have one novel out, Reinventing Hannah, which is about a 16-year-old um, survivor who, after she is sexually assaulted um, at a party, she um, goes from being so quiet that her friends call her mouse to uh, really standing up for herself and what she wants out of life and also standing up for other survivors and becoming an advocate. So it's an empowering story that I wanted to be a little bit different from a lot of the other young adult literature out there. A lot of stories about this topic are about somebody who goes into self-destruct mode for a very long time until they finally tell someone what happened to them and I wanted to go in a different direction and from the reviews that I've gotten on Amazon I think that been successful in impacting people I had a lot of reviews from people thanking me for reading for writing this book and saying it helped them with their own healing journey so I did what I set out to do with it and now I'm writing more books that's great well I love that you yeah created a heroine or uh you know kind of a warrior out of someone's experience so what personal experiences have motivated you to, to write like this and do the work that you're doing? Yeah, so um, I'm a trauma survivor also. I'm being transgender. I, uh, you know, when I was in high school and I had some experiences where boys would try to touch my breasts while I was at uh, my locker and things like that, and teachers didn't really do anything about it. Or if I told a teacher, the boy in question would be like, oh, it was an accident. I fell into her, that kind of thing. And so nothing really happened. And then I, it was confusing for me because I didn't identify as female to begin with. And then I had people touching me inappropriately and nobody doing anything about it. And so that was um, something that I really wanted to address. And also the whole transformation piece, because I really believe that whether you're transgender or cisgender, there are times in your life where you go through major transformations where you decide this is not who I really am. And I want to be more of who I really am, whether it's a different gender like I did or something else like um, being more assertive, uh, choosing the friends you want to have no matter what other people think and whatever the case may be. So I wanted to address that whole transfer transformative journey and what it's like when you change because I think the hardest part of transformation is not the people who are going to be bullies about it, but the people who are your friends who are used to the way you used to be and think that this is not a good thing, that something is wrong because you're not who they thought you were. Well, first, I just want to say I'm so sorry that you went through those experiences, but I'm grateful that you've turned it into a way to help others. And I find it really interesting. Um, 
you know, I hadn't thought of that transformation in the context of basically it's a, it's visually noticeable more so than the transformations that many people go through. Uh, and so I hadn't really thought of it in that context until you described it. So I love that, that you're able to use your transformation in a way to help people that kind of, um, yeah, that, that kind of inward. I know when I'm helping people go through that kind of transformation, be more assertive, et cetera, like not passive, not aggressive, assertive. Uh, I talk about that gray area where people are uncertain about what the heck's going on. Cause again, it's not so much visual. It's a, it's experiencing someone differently. So, you know, if someone's transitioning their behavior or how they're communicating, et cetera, uh, the gray area of uncertainty of, you know, why are you doing this? What are you up to? like all the questions it brings up and that transparency can help you move more quickly so that people know kind of what you're up to and they're not in that level, you know, that area of uncertainty. But now the kind of transformation that you're speaking of would be visually noticeable. And so I'm wondering if part of, you know, friendships were there questions like that, like what are you up to and, and all of that? Yeah, there definitely were, you know, I did unfortunately lose a couple of friends. Um, there was somebody who I was friends with who was also transgender and she believed that I was only transitioning because she was transitioning and she didn't want to be friends anymore once I started transitioning. So that was kind of sad. And then, you know, there I've had a lot of uh, people who didn't know me before or who or who did know me before and then they don't, might not recognize me even though I look similar except now I have a beard and I look more masculine but sometimes people would mistake me for my older brother when they hadn't seen me in a while so that was interesting mm-hmm well, how unfortunate that someone thought you were copycatting. I think that would be a pretty major thing to, to yeah. copycat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, some some things hopefully they're working on uh, wherever they are at this point. Well, and again, I'll say I, I think that a, a lot of people can relate to that as well. Cause anytime, you know, I think about like people pleasers who start being assertive and setting boundaries, uh, that's going to impact relationships. And, and sometimes the relationships don't survive the transition because, you know, it's not as convenient <laughs> if, uh, right. for someone who's used to, you know, so I always say people pleaser pleasers end up being surrounded by people pushers and people pushers like people that they can boss around. And if someone starts setting boundaries, that's not so convenient. And so sometimes those relationships don't last that transition. So, um, so again, I'm sure that this is relatable to people, you know, who are making all kinds of transitions. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's a major theme in reinventing Hannah also because Hannah's best friend sees this as this is unhealthy all of a sudden you're so assertive and you're so and you're dating this guy that I don't like and you're um standing up to me a lot more and she sees it as this is unhealthy you're not dealing with your with what happened to you properly or you wouldn't be doing these things when actually it's the opposite Mm -hmm. the courage that it takes to transition. And yeah. Now, uh, when you're working with people, are you, cause do you, do you coach as well as write or you're, yes. you're just helping people write? Oh, I do um, mostly writing coaching. So I help people gain the confidence to write their books as well as teaching them like how to get started. Cause a lot of times people don't really, people really have an idea, but they don't know what to do, but they also sometimes don't feel confident where they're like, well, I want to write a book, but 
who's going to read it? Or I don't think I'm a good writer or whatnot, you know? So I do a lot of working with it. So I work with people to try to raise that confidence. And I do also sometimes consult with parents of transgender kids who want to know, like, what do I do? My child says they're transgender. How do I help them? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, that's got to be helpful because it's, you know, we're not born with the ideas of how to how to move through, um, you know, unique circumstances. And so, so it's great that you're able to give a voice and, and help people maneuver through uncharted territory. Yes, definitely. Cause I think there are a lot more parents out there who want to be supportive of their kids. We always hear the ones in the news who are like, no child of mine is going to be transgender. I'll kick them out into the street and all those horrible kinds of things. But there are, I don't think that's most parents. I've, I've met so many parents who are like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. I want to make sure this is the right thing for my child. I want to make sure that I'm supporting them properly, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of probably letting the child kind of lead a little, you know, their children. But at the same time, you can't push or maneuver and trying to just support them and their journey and their timing, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I think when a child is transgender, it's also a transition for the whole family. And one of the ways that's a transition is you kind of have to let go of the traditional parenting ideas a little bit, because, you know, traditionally the parent is the authority, the parent says, this is what you're doing and the child has to follow. But when it comes to the their gender identity, your, your child is an is the one who's the expert. So you kind of have to transition into being like, okay, my child says he's a boy or a girl or non-binary, whatever the case might be. What are we going to, how are we going to address this rather than telling the child, no, you're too young or no, we're not going to do this because I'm the parent and I don't think it's right and that kind of thing. Again, though, I'm going to broaden. I, I don't know if this is helpful for people listening, but I, I also think of um, similar circumstances where, you know, helping a child start to find their strengths and their passions and all of that in life is a time when as a parent, you have to take a back seat. And I think a lot of times it's difficult because parents are kind of living out their dreams to their children sometimes, you know, living vicariously, right. or they want to make sure they get on this path that they think is right or could lead to, you know, assured income, et cetera. And so I think that parents are confronted with uh, multiple times where really too often they take, they try to take a front seat or grab that steering wheel when really uh, they need to let go and let the kids figure it out. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's, that's definitely true. Cause you see that all the time, you know, the whole stereotypical thing of the child is artistic in some way. They want to be an artist or a writer or a painter or a dancer or something. And the parents like, Oh my God, there's no money in that. Go study accounting or whatever. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and I am, so I'm an empty nester and I am a, uh, I'm a parent of a child who got his bachelor's in theater. <laughs> So I have been in that, you know, supportive role of, um, you know, knowing that he's got gifts there and just trying to encourage him to follow, you know, his passion and his path. So, yeah. So let's take a quick minute and create some strategies for you. So uh, by asking you about what current challenge stands in the way for you and making your bigger, bolder impact, uh, my hope is that, you know, I can help you and the world by helping you uh, unleash more power, but also for listeners, because there are going to be other people who are experiencing the same thing. So what is a current challenge that stands in the way for you that we can create some strategies around? I think my biggest challenge is finding my audience. Like I have a very small dedicated audience to my book. 
you know, and to my writing in general and to my coaching as well. And I would love to expand, reach more people. Okay. So, um, and this is, you know, we have this world of social media, but it's become so noisy right now and, and also harder to get just organic traffic. So, uh, so the one thing I would say, uh, you know, and if we were doing more coaching, we would, you know, or longer term, we would talk about clarifying and all of that. But uh, so consistency is the number one thing I would say. Uh, so where you have this um, really engaged audience, where are they right now? Uh, mostly on Facebook. Um, okay. And you have a group? Yeah. I have or a, a Facebook, page? Yeah. I have a Facebook group, um, which actually I need to do some more work on my group because I tend to post everything. My, fa- my Facebook profile is public. So I have people who interact with me there too. And then I have a group for people who want to be writers. Okay. Well, so around your book, it sounds like though you talked about having an engaged group and is that around the topic of the book or is that Um, more just you and your writing in general? Yes. It's just me and my writing in general. I have a mailing list where I have 200 something people. Okay. And that's um, around people who want to be writers. I, well, that that's um, around, that's around people who are readers who, you know, they got oh from um, the book. Yeah. From the book. Okay. And then, so you also want to pair your consistency and how you're going to focus your time. I guess we are going to do a little bit of clarifying work here. So of the different ways that you make your impact in the world. uh, So, you know, I heard one is that you want to help other people get their own stories out of them um, and into a book so that, you know, their story is out in the world. But I'm also hearing the secondary thing, one specifically around transgender and some kind of help and support there for the parents, but also in, um, you know, response to trauma. And so if you thought about who you most want to help and support, uh, you know, cause we can have our passion projects that, uh, you know, where we're going to make an impact and it feels really good, but it might not necessarily be where you go, you know, kind of business wise. And so think, right. but your business though, for sure, it needs to be around your passions and all of that. Uh, one thing I will say is that can help you clarify. Cause again, you're kind of have, I'm hearing three different buckets of things. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second here. But a lot of times what I have my clients do is make the list of how they, how they love to spend their time. So that's their strengths, you know, the activities, the tasks. So what kinds of things bring you energy, like the doing things? you know, reading, writing, you know, whatever it is. So it's the doing. So there's a list of those things. And then what you ultimately want to do, and I will caution because what a lot of people do is we minimize our gifts because they come so easily to us that we think that they're easy for everybody. And so one, let's drop that false belief. (laughs) It's not true. Um, We all have unique gifts and our gifts, like the litmus test that tells us it's a gift is that it comes easily. Uh, So that's actually where we're supposed to be spending our time, not like minimizing it and thinking, oh, woe is me. I can't do that other thing that they're so great at. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) Celebrate your gifts, the things that come easily to you. They don't come easily to other people. Um, And two, the other litmus test is it energizes you. So that's the passion piece. Like if it's energizing you, time flies, you know, eight hours can fly by and it feels like 15 or 20 minutes. Those are indications that those are things that you love or put on this earth to do the task. Then the second piece of the equation is that outcomes that you will 
achieve by spending time on those things. And that becomes your audience, the outcome. So, and well, the audience and also the outcome. So where start looking at, and maybe you already know this, but where do you feel those calls to action that rising within you, you hear a story or someone tells you something or you read or see a movie, whatever it is. And there's a there's going to be trends for the kinds of topics, challenges, issues happening out in the world where you feel the rise. And so that is your test or your your little clues that that's the outcomes you want to achieve with your gifts. Because when we look at just our gifts, there's a million different ways that we can use our gifts. Right. So, um, so the pairing of the two, the overlap of the two will kind of start to tell you which direction you really want to focus. Do you already have a sense as I'm talking at all. And I know, you know, and a lot of times just I want to, for listeners and for you, it can take a long time to really hone in on that sweet spot, that target zone. But um, do any thoughts come to mind even right now? Yeah. I mean, like obviously writing is the gift because that's the thing that I'm doing all the time that, uh, mm -hmm. that, that I could, like, I had to keep an eye on the clock that I was writing. I was like, I'm going to miss this interview. If I don't okay. it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there was, there's, so that's definitely the gift. And it definitely is something that doesn't come easily to others because I constantly, when I post about my writing, I get people who are like, I wish I could write a book, you know, which is why yeah. one of the reasons that um, I want to do the writing coaching. And I'm actually getting started, getting ready to launch um, a writer's group for people who are interested in writing, particularly trauma survivors, where they, they would have get group meetings where we all write together or, and okay. And you just honed in on another, things. on a more, so now you're pairing. So remember I said, I saw three different avenues, but right now you just paired two of them. So helping trauma survivors, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. so now what I'm hearing, so you've had this call to action to help people get their story out. And is it a story? Is it getting their story out to uh, feel empowered themselves, like to kind of get it out as a way of healing? Or is it a way? Is it um, get their story out to help others? Do you have a sense of that? Like where you it's feel those of, calls? It's, it's kind of both. Like it's the whole idea that by writing, you can help yourself and your story can also help others. Okay, great. And then now the um, the piece with the parents, is there is there a rising within around that as well? Or is that just like, I want to be available if, you know, yeah, that, yeah that's that more like on a case by case basis, like, occasionally, I'll have somebody message me and be like oh um this person uh, this person might want to talk to you because they are having this kind yep. of issue kind of thing where it's like okay. um something that i like to do on a case-by-case -case basis i used to have a facebook group for parents of transgender kids and i felt like that was hard to keep up with and do the other stuff that i was doing so okay and so and then you weren't feeling as called for that right right okay Okay. So, all right. Well, so I think we did some clarifying. So now uh, it sounds like your audience is more trauma survivors who want to write. Yeah. So there's your kind of your nexus of, of um, how you want to spend your time. So now we can talk about, and you already have the Facebook group that's aligned with that. I don't know if it's specific for that niche. Is it just people who want to write or is it niched down to trauma survivors who want to write? No, it's, like? it's, it's no, it, it hasn't been niched down yet. It's just. Uh, okay. Thing. So, um, <laughs> so when you start to think about um, now you can start to think about the kinds of content, the kinds of value you can provide for trauma survivors who want to get their story out. And now you can think in consistency wise 
uh, I know you like to write. So it might be that you want to, you know, write some short and, you know, people only want bite-sized things. You know, we're probably talking bullets right. or the three keys to this or the three steps for that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so kind of generically or generally, like what kinds of content can you put out and then um, being consistent. Now you might want to do video. So think about like how you want to get the information out and then think of the key areas where your people would be, you know, so there's Instagram too. And then, you know, Canva personally is what I like for creating, um, you know, visual. Yeah, things. I use Canva. Okay, time. cool. And do you have a um do you already have your colors and themes set up, yes. etc.? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well that makes it so super easy because you can just grab a template and then click your your um your theme and it'll it'll use your own colors. And so then you have that consistency also kind of that branding. Cool. Yeah. So now it's just so there's the consistency and look by using something like Canva. And then I don't know if you have the paid version where you can schedule. That's kind of nice. And if yeah. you don't though there's still a ton of power in Canva. Um, but anyway, so thinking about the rhythm that you want within your Facebook group and throughout the week, giving out information and also enticing um, engagement by asking questions and getting other people because then that creates the community. And then in Instagram, you're just kind of doing visual. I know reels are really big right now, um, getting more visibility, et cetera, on Instagram. But so I think through consistency and now that you've honed in on specifically, it's trauma survivors who who want to get their story out, that'll help you really get, con you know, hone in on the kinds of content and the kinds of value that you're going to provide. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then so finding your audience, I think it is a way of just putting out that content. So and I think, you know, what I right this is so I'm not like a social media pro, but you know, I have to do social media, et cetera. So I think that the Facebook Facebook group is a good collection point, but you want to find people elsewhere and kind of bring them in there. Facebook has made it so super hard to get just yeah. organic views now. So, yeah, uh, but I think in Instagram and Twitter, I think it's easier. Cool. Yeah. Because I found Facebook is annoying because like if I could do a live video and I post a thing saying, hey, I'm going to do a live video later today. People see it three days later. <laughs> yeah, right. I know they're just getting bombarded with too much. But the good news is that um, now within your group, um, you know, do you schedule an event uh, for I your live? Okay, we'll do that. So do okay. that. Yes, do that. Because then you can also invite everybody who's in the group. Um, so do it ahead. And I in Canva, I would make like just a consistent cover, come up with an, a consistent name that you're going to use, and then even a rhythm for how you're doing it, whether it's once a week, twice a week, and do it the same time every week and just start encouraging people to get it in their calendar. And then, you know, and if you use something like StreamYard, you can actually... Uh, do it live or record pre-record and then send it out to multiple uh, places at once. So like the, there's a free version that you can just do one at a time and then a paid version, you can do up to three at a time. And then there's a higher level one that you can do even more than that. But um, anyway, so you might want to look at even a free version of StreamYard. It makes it kind of nice. Um, but, and you can also put like a link at the bottom under your picture, et cetera. Uh, so even with the free version, you can do that, but I would do a, I would get a, I would, decide how often per week and then a time and just be consistent and do the event. Like I said, use, make a cover that's consistent. So for me, I have from people, uh, from people problems to productivity, same time every week, you know, and I made a cover in Canva. Anyway, they get used to seeing it um, and they know that rhythm and you encourage them to get it in your calendar. And um, by doing the event, what's nice, you still share it to your, it automatically goes in your group. I think, I don't know. I still always share it too. And then you can share it on your personal page as well. 
And then, but so other people will see it and you can share it on Twitter, et cetera, but everyone's got to join your Facebook group to, to gain access to it. Cause you're going to do it inside of your group. So that's a way to help bring people into your group. Um, cool. and when you do the event, yeah, like I said, you can click that invite everybody, you know, again, if they're getting bombarded, they might not see it, but schedule it in advance with that consistent rhythm. And then you can also, uh, you know, people can say like they're going, et cetera. And, uh, and you can put posts in the event, but, um, but anyway, that's a way to kind of get extra exposure for it. Cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Idea. Yeah. So yeah, think, I would say just think of your Facebook group as your collection point. And then from there, you know, you're getting the engagement, you're getting the content going, and then you're inviting them to join you in, you know, your coaching or your programs, et cetera, from there, if they want higher level support from you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that question. So, um, and I know, like I said, so many people listening are going to be struggling with the same thing. And so, uh, you got some value and then they're going to get some value as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yes. So tell me what words of wisdom. Well, actually, first I want to circle back because you talked about something that you have coming up for writers. So uh, tell me a little bit more about that and tell people where they can go to find it. I'm launching the Writer Support Network, which is a low cost writers group for trauma survivors um, where you get all sorts of things like we will be meeting on zoom to do what's called co-working sessions where everybody just sits together and writes um and also to we have a writer circle where people can share their work for feedback and they'll also i've got some guest speakers who are going to be coming in to speak to the group like somebody i know who runs a similar group only for nonfiction. will be coming to speak to those who want to do nonfiction, and i know somebody who does marketing for writers who will be speaking to our group as well. Um, And so it's just going to be a place where people can get the support and accountability that they need and build their confidence and get those books written. So um, right now uh, you can sign up for my waiting list. It's going to be launching in a couple of weeks, but you can sign up for my waiting list. If you go to my website, authorjackorree.com forward slash writers support network. And there, there's a waiting list there. Um, and so you can, you can access that there. And there's also all sorts of information about writing. I have a couple of blog posts on my website as well. So you can check those out. So that's a good place to be if that's something you're interested in. Awesome. Well, and if you're catching this after the fact, no worries, uh, still go to his website or uh, the Facebook group, uh, coach author Jack, Jack Ori and or IG. The Instagram is author Jack Ori, Twitter, author Jack Ori. Good. There's a good consistent <laughs> yeah. theme across all the platforms. And all of these links, by the way, will be in today's show notes. So, and you'll be able to find those by going to defeatthedrama.com, click on the podcast tab and go to today's episode. So in closing, Jack. And thank you for sharing that. So people hop in uh, definitely and, and go check him out. But uh, what words of wisdom do you have for others who want to make their old, their own impact in the world? Well, a couple of things. The first thing is know that your voice does matter. I think that's the most important thing. A lot of times we're conditioned to feel like we're invisible, especially if you're a survivor, that your voice does matter and the right people will hear you and want to be around you and just uh, keep doing the things that matter to you. Um, and keep looking for opportunities and doors that are, doors will open and you will see them. Um, you just never know um, what you will find when you're consciously looking for it. Oh, that's great. Well, and I also say like, let's also say like break down into the smallest steps. 
Like you don't have to have it all figured out just to start. Like I think back, I published my first book in 2010 and I knew nothing. I knew nothing at all. <laughs> I just knew that I was going to commit to getting up every morning before my boys got up. They were young at the time um, and write for a couple of hours before they were up. And so awesome. then I figured out the rest, you know, because I didn't have to yeah. worry about editing yet. I didn't even know how many words were book length, you know, <laughs> like eight and a yeah. half by 11 to the book size. Like how many words do I need? And all of that are. I remember talking to a friend who who was a recently published author and and him sharing like oh my book was this many words and I was like oh my gosh thank gosh I have a lot more to write and so I should get there <laughs> <laughs> right yeah definitely you want to start with the small steps and another thing I always tell people is don't get uh do it in a way that works for you because some people writing every day works some people um blocking off one or two days a week and being like these are my writing days works it doesn't have to be the way it works for somebody else oh that's so good yes give grace don't compare and then just figure out the system that works for you and sometimes the system is like maybe you're not that like structured person or i mean i you know so back then i was a single mom you know and so getting up and writing that you know earlier than i wanted <laughs> was how I had to do it based on my circumstance at the time. And a lot of times uh, I would just also look for little windows of time in my cal in my calendar that were large enough where I could have some good focus time. And so I kind of just had to be flexible and on the fly. Did I have good energy and focus at the moment and, a, you know, in a large enough window that that was going to be dubbed a little bit of writing time. But sometimes you just like just figure it out and it can be messy at first, right? Yeah, it definitely can be. And uh, sometimes people get scared and are like, oh my God, I didn't write today. That means I'm failing. And it's okay if today you didn't write. And sometimes there are things that are, don't seem like writing that are writing. Like if you're washing the dishes and you're thinking about what your character would be feeling if they were the one washing the dishes, that's still writing, even though you're not writing. I like that. Well, and uh, I used to either like keep a little notebook by my bed, which then I would end up often writing things I couldn't read. <laughs> so then I started emailing myself, but I have some kind of ways to capture those thoughts that you're having, yes. you know, middle of the night. I definitely, whenever thing, whenever I'm working on something creative, two or three in the morning seems to be a time that I pop awake with ideas. But uh, yeah, I have something at the ready. I like that. Like while you're doing dishes. Yeah. So the, the work of writing can happen in just all the moments and uh, just find a way to capture it so you don't lose it. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes research can also be writing. Like if you're like, if you're writing something that's said in a hospital or, you know, or whatever that you need to know about the realistic way that this really happens. If you spend time, you know, you don't want to go down a rabbit hole and be like, I get to look this up. Oh, this looks cool. And all of a sudden you spend 10 hours watching YouTube videos about random things. But if there's something in your book that you need to know how it works, then, and you don't have the time to write today, but you have the time to spend a few minutes on your phone looking it up, that's also helpful. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you for that. And thank you, Jack, so much for joining me today and for sharing your story and being vulnerable and um, to ask uh, for a coaching question too. Um, I really appreciate it. And so again, if you want to connect with Jack, you can find his website at authorjackori.com. That's A-U-T-H-O-R. J-A-C-K-O-R-I.com. And then you can also find his Facebook 
and Twitter and Instagram, all of that. So I did not ask your pronouns. Am I using the appropriate yes. pronouns? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank you I just yes. realized that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's something that I feel like needs to be normalized more because people yeah. still are not used to thinking about it. So that's cool. Yes. Thank you for okay. Yeah. I just, I just had a little hitch. I was like, oh my gosh, I just launched it. Okay. Well, good. Um, I'm glad that I chose appropriately and sorry that I didn't ask you earlier, right. but so please, uh, please connect and uh, check out his work. And uh, particularly if you are a trauma survivor, and by the way, I am a trauma, trauma warrior myself. So uh, I love that you're helping people you know, get that voice and create some healing and also get their story out. And then if you are an impact maker, uh, working to make your bigger, bolder impact and are feeling a bit stuck, maybe you're building a team, need some clarity, go ahead and book a call with me. I'm available. It's super simple. Just go to myimpactacademy.com forward slash book call and you can grab 30 minutes on my calendar. Uh, the other thing that's available is my Impact Academy, which you can uh, find complete 24-7 access to by going to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join immediate 24-7 access uh, to tons of PDFs, audios, videos, all kinds of things around personal growth, leadership, communication, healthy boundaries, et cetera. So uh, I hope to see you in the Academy as well. And thank you again, Jack, for joining me. And please, the world is waiting. Get out there and make your own bigger, bolder impact. Thanks for listening. 